your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 338 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. That intro song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers coming off of basically just a nightmarish 6-1 to loss against the New York Islanders last night, emphatically snapping their four-game winning streak and losing a game that obviously has significant ramifications down the stretch here because, of course, the Rangers are still trying to track down a playoff spot. And that task got all the more daunting, not just by the Rangers losing to the Islanders last night, but also some other results around the Eastern Division. But something that was really unfortunate about this game, and this is a term that I used earlier this season when the Rangers were playing the Bruins, and there was a situation where the Rangers just didn't play very well. The Bruins had been scuffling coming in, and uh, the Bruins got a win and kind of got back on track at the Rangers' expense. This was a get-right game for the New York Islanders, and it's unfortunate because you felt like coming in, the Rangers had really been playing some good hockey. The same could not be said for the Islanders. It is a tough matchup for the Rangers, but you had the feeling, or at least I did, that the Rangers could go in there and get a win and take advantage of a team that has been scuffling. It really felt to me like the Rangers left the Islanders off the hook here in this game last night because, again, you've got a team that's really been struggling to score goals. They've been allergic to scoring goals. The Islanders entered this game last night with just six goals scored in their last five games, and then they scored six goals in this game against the Rangers, a team that came in on fire, uh, winners of four straight, just playing great hockey down the stretch here, and they just had no answers for this team. I I do think this is a tough matchup for the Rangers in general, Simply because I think the Rangers, you know, they want to open things up a little bit. They want to let their star players do what they do, uh, score some of these uh, thrilling goals, these jaw-dropping goals that we've grown so accustomed to seeing over these last couple years here. But when you're going against the Islanders, they just, they stymie you. You know, they're they're counter-punchers. The Islanders are not a team that's going to look to trade odd man rushes with you. They're not interested in that at all. They're not going to take any unnecessary risks. They're not really going to take any risks, period. They are counter-punchers. They're going to wait for you to make a mistake, which the Rangers, being a young team, they do make mistakes at times, and it seems like every time they do against this New York Islander team, especially this season, the Islanders are there to take advantage of that. We saw that a couple times in this game last night, especially toward the end of the game, where the Islanders were scoring goals directly off of Ranger turnovers. So, again, it's a tough matchup. And then here's what makes it even worse. So it's it's hard enough to set up any scoring opportunities against this Islander team. They're very uh, defensively sound. They just don't give up a lot of chances. And even when they do, even when the Rangers do kind of find a way to crack the code, so to speak, and they get a quality scoring chances, now you got to try to figure out how to solve Simeon Varlamov, who has been an absolute Ranger killer this season. So even in the rare instance that you create a grade-A scoring chance, Semyon Varlamov has been robbing the Rangers all season, and he was on his game once again in this in this matchup last night, allowing just the one goal. So 
it's really kind of the perfect storm or the opposite of the perfect storm for the Rangers right now in terms of, you know, just being a really, really difficult matchup. And again, we talked about how just a second ago, the Rangers kind of left the Islanders off the hook. If the Islanders could draw up a blueprint for how they want to play and how they want to win games, look no further than this matchup last night. Because again, they, and that, that's not to say that the Islanders feel like they need to score six goals every single night. They don't. But what they did was they just completely shut down the Rangers. Uh, the Rangers star players were nowhere to be found last night. I mean, very few scoring chances to speak of. And the Islanders took advantage of the Rangers' mistakes, and they scored goals off of them. And that's what they're looking to do. And I'm not trying to make any kinds of excuses for the Rangers. They needed to play better than they played last night. And in fact, this was the second time this season where the Rangers played the Islanders, and I thought the fourth line was maybe the most dangerous-looking line, the most productive line, because I think with the fourth line, what happens is, you know, the Islanders want to play this tough, physical, defensive game, and the fourth line, they can kind of play, they can kind of throw that back at the Islanders. They can play the Islanders' game against them. And we saw the fourth line. They were out there uh, for the only goal that was scored. Brand Smith takes a shot from the blue line. Kevin Rooney deflects it home. And I thought, in general, you know, the fourth line did a decent job at least creating a couple of scoring opportunities, uh, doing a nice job on the forecheck, et cetera, et cetera. And and the Rangers superstar players, I mean, look, I'm not going to kill these guys. It's one unproductive night, but they just didn't make things happen last night. And it's unfortunate because, like we were talking about, nothing went the Rangers' way last night in terms of what else happened around the NHL. So for a quick standings update, and then we'll talk about some other things, including uh, the loss of Jacob Truba last night. I think that really hurt the Rangers as well. But just to take a quick peek at the standings here, because once again, it is that time of the season. So the Rangers, they lose. They remain in fifth place. They have a record of 23-17-6, good for 52 points. Uh, the Flyers are still behind the Rangers. They have 47 points. In front of the Rangers in fourth place, you've got the Boston Bruins. They are 26-12-6. That is good for 58 points. The problem there, well, two problems, really. First of all, the Bruins have two games in hand still on the Rangers. And the other problem is... They just don't lose anymore because they once again picked up a victory last night, 2 to nothing over the Buffalo Sabres. So pulling away from the Rangers a little bit there. And then, of course, the Pittsburgh Penguins, maybe the other team that the Rangers uh, could conceivably catch, although they're now nine points behind them. But the Penguins in 46 games are now 29-14-3. They have 61 points. And the Islanders, with that win over the Rangers last night, they are now tied for first place with the Washington Capitals. Both teams have 62 points. So it's still doable, but man, the Rangers are really, I mean, you can't, you basically can't lose many more games. I mean, you, you can afford maybe one or two more losses down the stretch here. The Rangers have 10 games left. I mean, they might have to go about eight and two or, you know, seven, two and one to have any kind of a chance at this. Uh, it's going to be tough. The encouraging news is that they still do have two games against the Islanders and you might think that I'm crazy saying that because look what happened between the Rangers and the Islanders last night, but I still think it's a positive that the Rangers will go head-to-head -head twice more against one of the teams that they're trying to track down here, and then of course they will still have those two final regular season matchups against the Boston Bruins, so you have to go into that hopefully at least within four points. Uh, the only problem there, of course, though, is that the Bruins then have two more makeup games after that, so it's certainly still going to be an uphill battle, but it's something that remains within reach. Uh, it's got to start this Thursday and Friday because the Rangers have two home games against the Philadelphia Flyers, a team that has definitely been scuffling lately, and a team that the Rangers are really going to need to beat twice over those two games. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find Locked On hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL.
Go download the free Locker Room app right now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. All right, so we definitely got to talk about what happened to Jacob Truba last night. He takes a hit from Matt Martin into the boards, kind of in the corner in the Rangers zone, and he leaves the game. He Kind of seems staggered, you know, a little woozy when he got to his feet. The Rangers have kind of been mum on the situation. But what we do know is that he was ruled out early in the second period from returning to the game. So when that happens and you've got a player of Jacob Truva's uh, caliber and his toughness, then you've got to know that it's probably something, you know, fairly serious uh, where they're ruling him out that fast. And, you know, that's when we found out that Truba was ruled out uh, to return to the game. He might have been ruled out a little bit before that, but that's when the broadcasters let us know was early in the second period that Jacob Truba would not be returning. And I know there are some people who feel like Jacob Truba uh, maybe hasn't quite lived up to the contract in the season and a half, or I guess almost now two full seasons that he has spent with the New York Rangers. I don't agree with that. I think overall, you know, he's been somebody who's given the Rangers some much-needed toughness, some much-needed snarl. Maybe he hasn't done quite as much offensively as the Rangers would have liked, but I think last night was kind of exhibit A to people that are Jacob Truba haters, or maybe just are a little bit down on Jacob Truba, uh, that he is very important to this team. And there have actually been some reports not all that long ago that Jacob Truba has on a couple of occasions, stood up in the Ranger locker room and addressed the team. And he, of course, is one of the four alternate captains. But it's nice to see him taking on uh, that vocal leadership role. And who knows, maybe Jacob Truba is in the running for Ranger captain. It's a very fluid situation with the Ranger captaincy. It's something that we go back to every now and then on this podcast. For a while, it was kind of looking like it was a two-man race between Mika and Kreider. Now it looks like it could be any number of about five, six, or seven different players. So we'll see what happens there. But either way, uh, Truba becoming more of a vocal leader for this team. And at just 27 years old, one of the elder statesmen on the Ranger blue line. I mean, Brennan Smith is older, but he's also an impending free agent uh, when the season ends, and we'll see if the Rangers happen to bring him back. I think that could go either way. But Jacob Truba, I think, uh, by and large, going forward, going to be one of the leaders uh, for this Ranger team. And Losing him last night, I mean, look, you don't want to lose any defenseman on any night against any team, but when you take Jacob Truba off the ice in a game that he's kind of made for, he's kind of built to play the Islanders, because again, the Islanders are going to play big physical defensive style of hockey, 
and Jacob Truba is going to go out there and he's going to throw his weight around and he's going to thrive in that kind of an environment. You know he's, he loves that. I mean, he loves playing physical hockey. And you take him off the ice, and now you have to go with just five defensemen the rest of the way, including Anthony Potato, who is only playing his second game in the last, I don't even know how long it's been, his second game since February 24th. Yeah, you're going to be in big trouble if you're the Rangers in that situation. And indeed, you know, the Islanders kind of went off on this team last night, and it's a team that came in having, again, scored only six goals in its previous five games, and they go off for six goals in this game. So it just wasn't a recipe for success last night. Again, it's a tough matchup to begin with, and then you throw in the fact that you lose Jacob Truba, and you have to go with five defensemen the rest of the way. This was going to be an enormous mountain to climb for the Rangers, and I'm not making any excuses because I do think they definitely could have played better in this game overall, but yeah, that was a really, really tall order for this team last night. We're going to keep talking about Jacob Truba and how they might look to replace him in the lineup if he's forced to miss extended time. We will get into that in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason LaConfora, and Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. I know over these last couple of seasons, of course, Jacob Truba making his Ranger debut last year, there have been some people that maybe have not been all that thrilled with how he's played. I think a lot of people tend to fixate on his contract, which, of course, pays him $8 million a season. And, you know, they might be wondering, well, where's the offense? You know, he tended to rack up a good amount of assists in Winnipeg, and that hasn't necessarily translated to the Rangers. I mean, he gets some, but maybe just not at the same pace uh, that he was at when he was on the Jets. And there are some people who I think uh, every now and then at least uh, tend to get down on Jacob Truba. I'm not saying everybody, but there are definitely some Ranger fans. You know, if you go on social media, you don't have to look too hard. Sooner or later, you'll find somebody who voices an opinion on everything. But yeah, I, I do think there's at least a small contingent of Ranger fans that have been vocal about wanting more out of Jacob Truba. But for anyone who thinks that, you know, he's not living up to his contract and he's not playing like an $8 million a year defenseman, all right, maybe not quite $8 million a year, but so he's playing like a $7 million a year defenseman. Is that okay? I mean, I really do think Jacob Truba is very valuable to this team. And if he ends up having to miss significant time here, and obviously knock on wood that he doesn't, I think Ranger fans and, and the people that have kind of been down on him for one reason or another since he came to the team, I think they're going to start to become a lot more appreciative of Jacob Trupa and what he brings to the table. He is not going to be easy to replace. And as for the hit by Matt Martin on this play, you know, I think it was clean. You could maybe argue that the referee could have called a charging penalty because, you know, Martin took quite a few strides before he finally put the hit on Truba. But I think Truba would probably be the first guy to tell you that that was a clean hit. I mean, that's how Truba plays. If Truba wasn't absorbing a hit like that, he probably would have been dishing it out on the other side of the ice. So I don't really have any problems with the hit. Again, you could maybe argue for a minor penalty, 
But that's hockey. That's Rangers Islanders. And again, just fingers crossed that Truba doesn't have to miss any significant amount of time. There aren't really any updates from the Rangers. They're being a little bit mum on the situation, but we'll wait and see. And obviously, we will talk about that in tomorrow's episode as well. As far as how the Rangers can replace Truba, uh, first of all, we got to take a slight detour here and talk about this decision to once again go with Anthony Potato in the lineup over Libor Hayek. And we talked about this a little bit in yesterday's episode. When I saw that Potato was going to be in the lineup on Sunday against the Devils over Libor Hayek, at first glance, it didn't really make any sense to me. I think Hayek has been fine. Anthony Potato hasn't played in forever. But I gave Quinn the benefit of the doubt on that move on Sunday simply because, well, two reasons. First of all, even if you lose that game against the Devils, you've still won three out of four. And I think that the Rangers should probably be able to survive, based on the way they've been playing, they should be able to survive Anthony Potato being in the lineup over Libor Hayek. And the other reason why I gave Quinn the benefit of the doubt, and I hope I didn't jinx anything, but what I said in yesterday's episode was that if a Ranger defenseman down the stretch this season either gets hurt or his play just kind of falls off a cliff and you need to go to another defenseman, Anthony Potato might be in line for that. So you certainly wouldn't want to be in the last two games of the regular season when it's make or break time for this Ranger team as far as making the playoffs concerned, or actually be in the middle of the playoffs themselves, being like a game five against the Washington Capitals, and all of a sudden one of our defensemen is hurt, and we got to throw an ice cold Anthony Potato out onto the rink. So I get it from that perspective that, okay, you know what, let's get Potato. He did okay when he was in there before, and we want to make sure that if we need him at some point on the stretch that he's not completely ice cold in what could be a critical, critical game for the Rangers, or even a playoff game for the Rangers. So okay, benefit of the doubt, get Potato out there for a game against the Devils, Fine. It makes it makes some sense when you think about it like that. I don't, for the life of me, understand why Potato was once again in this lineup over Libor Hayek last night. I mean, could you guys, maybe somebody can explain this to me. Has Libor Hayek done anything egregiously wrong where he should be a healthy scratch at this point uh, over Anthony Potato? And we talked about this yesterday as well, so I'm not going to get into too much detail on this today. But when you look at their long-term prospects with the Rangers, Libor Hayek is the guy who might have something of a long-term future here. And you guys might want to aim higher. You guys might be big on Zach Jones. You might be big on Nils Lundqvist. You might be big on maybe even Tarmo Reunanen. Libor Hayek could eventually slide his way back down the pecking order, and maybe he's not part of the Ranger future. Maybe he's not somebody that's going to be one of the six defensemen who are dressed on a night-in and night-out basis. But he has a better chance of being that player than Anthony Potato does. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. So I just don't get it. And Anthony Potato was not good at all in this game last night. He ended up being a minus three. Plus minus isn't everything. It is something of a flawed stat. And of course, when you lose a game six to one, nobody's going to have a good plus minus on your team. I think that pretty much goes without saying. But yeah, Potato did nothing to, uh, to jump off the page for me. And one other point that I'd like to make on this subject is that Libor Hayek, I, I think he's the light has kind of gone on a little bit for him this season, and he's basically been playing almost exclusively with Brandon Smith. And we've talked about Brandon Smith. He was a candidate to maybe be traded at the deadline. He was not. That's fine. I, I kind of agree with the Rangers not moving on from Brandon Smith just to bring in like a fifth or sixth round draft pick. But Brandon Smith's days as a New York Rangers could be numbered. He could be on his way. He's an unrestricted free agent when the season ends. So if that ends up being the case and Brandon Smith leaves and Libra Hayek has played very well with Smith, then wouldn't you want Libra Hayek to be playing in these games and getting as much time with Brandon Smith as possible? I do think Smith has been a good influence on him, and we see how Smith, you know, kind of goes to bat for his teammates and stands up for them out there. So I think that has really kind of worked nicely for the Rangers. They finally at least up until Sunday, had settled on the same six defensemen every night and the same three pairings every single night. I don't see a need to upset the apple car, other than, of course, just giving Anthony Potato the one game just to make sure he's ready to go if the Rangers need him down the stretch due to an injury or whatever it might be. So I don't get that. But as far as, you know, how the Rangers are going to line up for Thursday's game and what defensemen could be out there and who's going to be dressed and all that good stuff, 
I mean, obviously, Lingren and Fox, that's your top pairing. No reason to mess with that. I think Keandre Miller should and will end up staying on the second line on the left side. I think Brennan Smith likely moves up from the third pairing to the second pairing, and he's out there with Keandre Miller. He's on the right side. I know I just got done talking about how I like Brennan Smith and Libor Hayek together, but I think this injury to Truba, if he's going to be out on Thursday and or Friday and or however many other games, I think this kind of forces your hand to the point that you got to go with Brandon Smith there because look at the other options. You could either uh, put Anthony Potato there, which I don't think anybody wants to do that. Potato typically plays the left side anyway and has not looked good in these two games since returning. Uh, Libor Hayek, same thing. He usually plays on the left side. I mean, I suppose he's an option, but you'd still be breaking up the Brandon Smith-Libor Hayek uh, combination if you put Hayek on the second defense pairing with Miller because Hayek would be moving over to the right side. And, I mean, I guess Tarmo Rayunanen is another option. But he's also a lefty shot. So I think by process of elimination here, you pretty much have to go with Brennan Smith. Again, this is all if Jacob Truba is going to miss time. But you would have to go with Brennan Smith on the second line on the right side alongside Keandre Miller. That, of course, then brings us to the third pairing. I got to get Libor Hayek back onto this third pairing on the left side over Anthony Potato. It's really nothing against Potato, but the guy's a career journeyman. He's 30 years old. I don't see him having a long-term future with this New York Ranger team. And so the better option for me in both the short term and the long term is and will continue to be for the rest of the season, Libor Hayek. Again, if I'm missing something, if Libor Hayek has done something egregiously wrong that I just have not picked up on, I would love to hear from you guys about that. Please do let me know. Do I think he's played at an all-star level? No, I don't, but I think he's somebody who's clearly gotten better since he made his debut last year, and really even as this season has progressed, he's somebody that's gradually getting better and better, and you know we'll see if he ends up having a long-term future with the Rangers or not, but right now, uh, I think he at least deserves a chance. I think he's earned that opportunity, and on top of that, He's just flat out better than Anthony Potato. Forget about long-term prospects or anything like that. He is the better option than Anthony Potato right now. So I got to have him back out there on the third pairing on the left side. And then I also, to round out the sixth defenseman, I want to go with Zach Jones. And I know that I was kind of lukewarm on this idea yesterday, but I'd like to see him make his NHL debut. The injury to Truba really changes everything to me. And again, this is all contingent on Truba missing time, which he may or may not do. But if he does miss some time, then I think you got to put Zach Jones out there. The one issue that this presents is that Zach Jones is also a lefty, so... With the six guys that I just gave you, you got four guys for the left side and two guys for the right side. But you know what? If you're the Rangers, you just got to figure that out. You got to go with the sixth defense and they give you the best chance to win. Maybe Libor Hayek can switch sides. I mean, I know that'd be kind of asking a lot of him, but you got to find a way to get the best six guys out there. And you could play this safe if you were the Rangers and not debut Zach Jones. But I think at this point in the season, the Rangers are down to just 10 games left. They're six points out of the playoffs. You have to try to catch lightning in the bottle a little bit if you're going to be without Jacob Truba. And I think of all the guys that are kind of in the mix for playing time here, whether it's Rayunanen or Boteto or Hayek. I mean, we have Hayek in the uh, in the lineup as of now, or at least I do with this exercise that I'm doing here. But of all those guys that I just mentioned, plus Zach Jones, Zach Jones has the most upside. And if you're the Rangers, you need a spark. You got to win a lot of these games. And maybe Zach Jones, he gives the team the spark that you're looking for. And uh, he just plays some really good hockey down the stretch. It might not work, but you know what? Even if it doesn't work, if you're going to be without Jacob Truba, I still like the idea of putting Zach Jones in there. Get him some NHL experience under his belt. Let him go through some growing pains if there are some growing pains. And who knows, maybe he hits the ground running. And again, I know I wasn't completely sold on playing Zach Jones as recently as yesterday's episode, but when you lose somebody the caliber of Jacob Truba, I think you got to aim a little bit higher than Anthony Potato. And we'll see. Maybe the Rangers do exactly that. Maybe we see Zach Jones making his debut this Thursday against the Flyers. I also wanted to talk about a couple other points from this game before we call it a day here. I think maybe subconsciously I went into kind of a deep dive on Jacob Truba's injury and what it could mean for the Rangers going forward and how they should line up on Thursday against the Flyers. 
mainly because I think I'm subconsciously trying to avoid talking about this game last night because it was ugly. Uh, the Rangers, you know, we might as well talk about the one goal that they scored because it was scored by Kevin Rooney on a deflection from a shot by Brennan Smith, and this happened in the second period with about seven or eight minutes to go in the second, and this actually kind of sparked the Rangers for a little while. It cut the Islander lead to just 3-1, to one, and the Rangers, for this chunk of the game, the rest of the second period here, I thought that it was the best hockey that they played all night, and then for whatever reason, uh, they could not carry this momentum over into the third period, and the third period was basically just a disaster. I mean, I suppose at that point, if you're the Rangers, you know, you're falling behind by, you go into it down by two goals, and you're down by three goals, and you're down by four goals, and you have to start taking some chances. But uh, yeah, the third period was basically a nightmare for the Rangers. But yeah, let's go ahead and uh, kind of break down this goal that the Rangers scored here. And really just a fantastic effort by Kevin Rooney on this play. He gains entry into the zone. He puts a shot on net. It is stopped and turned aside. But Rooney follows the play up into the corner and basically just pushes it along the boards. It wraps around the boards to Vitaly Krasov, and Krasov passes back to the blue line to Brennan Smith. Smith moves up, takes a shot, and Kevin Rooney by this point has gotten into position, and he gets a deflection and scores and uh, cuts the Islander lead to 3-1. And this kind of sparked the Rangers for the rest of the second period here. There were eight minutes and change remaining, and the Rangers had a couple other scoring opportunities. This very line, this fourth line, had an opportunity near the end of the second period. The puck was on the doorstep. A couple stuff-in tries. Howden was there. Rooney was there. I believe Krasov was in there as well, uh, but nobody could quite stuff at home. And, you know, watching the game at this point, I really felt like the game was kind of on the line here, where if the Rangers could score one more goal before the second period ended, that they really might have a shot at it in the third. But to this point in the game, and again, the Rangers had a really nice eight-minute stretch here, but the Rangers are down by two goals, and the Islanders have largely dominated and basically just dictated terms of the game. So I really felt like if the Rangers couldn't score in this situation here in these last eight minutes or whatever exactly how much time was left in the second period, then it probably, I don't want to say probably, but it was going to be an enormous hill to climb in the third period. That was going to be a lot to have to come back from two goals down against this defensively sound Islander team, and again, doing all this with just five defensemen. So... They weren't quite able to do it. I mean, maybe, who knows? Who knows what happens? Maybe if the Rangers score and they cut to 3-2 to two going into the third period, maybe the third period looks a lot different. Or maybe the same thing happens. Maybe the Islanders go off and they score another three goals and they win the game 6-2. to two. We'll never know for sure. But to me, that was a critical uh, point in this game. The Rangers, unfortunately, just not able to uh, get that second goal in the second period there. Something else that I think kind of illustrated how this game went for the Rangers is a power play that they had in the second period. And for the record, the Rangers 0-2 on the power play. The Islanders went 1-3. for three. But there was an instance where the Rangers, they go on the man advantage. Blackwell had just drawn a hooking penalty against Beauvillier. And the Rangers kept the puck in the Islander zone for approximately a minute and 43 seconds. And they still could not score or really even get any quality scoring chances. It was the weirdest thing because the Rangers had the puck in their zone forever. You think by now, these Islander penalty killers are going to be dead tired. They're going to be falling all over themselves. And the Rangers are going to score simply by way of going up against four penalty killers that can barely move. But that just wasn't the case. The Rangers, even though they maintained possession and even though they kept the puck in the Islander zone for almost this entire power play, there was never really a time on this power play where it felt like the Rangers were going to score. And, you know, the Islanders finally got the clear with about 17 seconds left to go in the man advantage. The Ranger first power play unit was basically out there for the entire power play because, again, the puck never came out of the Islanders' zone, so they at least had possession. But to me, I don't know. That was just kind of one of those instances there, that power play where it just kind of summed up how this night went. And then something that summed up the way this game unfolded better than I think anything else in the game was the way that it ended. So the Rangers, I mean, the game's over at this point. This really isn't that big of a deal. But to me, this image just perfectly summed up the entire night for the New York Rangers. So 
we're getting down to about 15 seconds or so to go. You know, the Rangers have the puck in the Islanders zone, and the puck kind of gets wedged in the corner. There's three Rangers there. There's three Islanders there. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. It's one of those plays where the puck is just kind of stuck there. There's a little bit of a scrum. Nobody can get the puck loose. Nothing can happen. To me, that image of just absolutely nothing happening as the horn as the time ran out and the horn sounded, that just summed up the Ranger night better than anything. I felt like this whole game was like that. We were just watching uh, just kind of a slog. And, you know, I know the Islanders scored some goals, but it was mostly the result of, you know, them capitalizing on Ranger turnovers. And it's just, I don't know, to me, that image at the end of the Rangers not being able to get the puck just kind of told the story. So... Yeah, that's going to pretty much do it for today, guys. What else can you really say? I mean, it was a rough night for the Rangers. They will be back in action on Thursday and on Friday against the Philadelphia Flyers on both nights. They are home for both those games, and the puck drops at 7 p.m. in each of those contests. And actually, just one more thing that I wanted to talk about real quick here. During the closing minutes of this game, Sam Rosen made a point that he thinks we could see Alex Georgiev the next time against the Islanders, and Joe Micheletti mentioned that he didn't think this was really on Igor Shesterkin. He didn't really get a ton of help, and I think they're both right. Uh, I think the point Sam was trying to make wasn't so much that Igor was you know, bad in this game, because I don't think he was bad, and to Micheletti's point, I, again, I don't think he got a ton of help, but... I do think there's a decent chance that we see Georgiev, and I've been the guy kind of leading the charge that I want it to be Igor, Igor, Igor down the stretch here, play him as much as possible, make him the workhorse, allow the Rangers to put their best foot forward every night and do everything they can to get into the playoffs. But Alex Georgiev just seems to have the Islanders number. He has killer stats for his life against the New York Islanders, and the way this game went, I mean, again, it was just basically a nightmare for the Rangers. Might as well shake things up a little bit and go with the goalie that kind of has the hot hand against the New York Islanders. For one reason or another, Alex Georgiev tends to own this team. And we mentioned how the Islanders have a Ranger killer in that whenever they start Semyon Varlamov, well, let's counter with the Islander killer, which is Alex Georgiev. And again, this is coming from somebody who's really been vocal about wanting to see a lot of Igor Shesterkin. But again, based on track record and based on how this game went tonight, I'm totally cool if the Rangers want to give Alex Georgiev at least one of the two starts against the New York Islanders that remain uh, for the rest of the season. We will be back here with a new episode tomorrow to sort of pregame this two-game series against the Flyers and definitely come back and join us for that. But that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.